Hello, and welcome to the Good Life Community Church podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope that you'll be encouraged, challenged, and that you'll hear the invitation to be a part of the transformative work of God. At the moment, we're looking at global and local mission. And today, we're hearing from our global impact partners, Greta, Merv, and Yenny. I really hope you enjoy. Yeah, we just want to have a bit of a more of a relaxed conversation and get an update and hear from them and, and how they're going. So Greta, if you don't mind starting, if you haven't met Greta before, you're new to this community, you wouldn't be aware that this is Greta. And um, she does amazing work in Eastern Europe. So do you want to give us a bit of a summary about some of the things that have happened in the past with what you've done there? Thank you, Greg. Thank you for the opportunity to come and share. Well, there's so, there's so much to share, but just to put it in a nutshell... In 2004, Andrew and I got the call to go to former Yugoslavia. And Andrew was 71 at the time, so it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, God can still call you. So be careful. But the whole point of us going over there was to work on reconciliation between the states of former Yugoslavia. And out of that, so Andrew held um, a reconciliation gathering in 2006. And that changed everything over there. That was just the most amazing, godly thing that I've ever been involved in. And I think everything that has happened since has come as a result of that reconciliation gathering, where the men from each other's nations, where they hated each other, came together with communion and declared openly that they would work on reconciliation. And so that that happened in 2006. And in 2007, I birthed a daughter of the King Conference over in uh, Croatia. And since that time, I wrote it all down. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I actually sat down and thought about all the things that has happened since then. So in 2000 and since 2007, we have held five main conferences in Croatia, six in Bosnia and Herzegovina, two in Serbia, one in Slovenia. And in 2010, we took a team to Macedonia because a lot of the Macedonians, they couldn't come to our conference because they didn't have papers, didn't have identity, had no birth certificates. So that was the poor of the poor. So Andrew and I, we started going there and we've, we've done nine conferences in Macedonia. The first year was just Andrew and I, nobody else would come. But slowly, slowly we got a team together. So we went there, for, we went there nine times. And then... Um, the women, they were so hungry, one, once a year wasn't enough, so we started re- regional conferences in the, in the autumn. And so we've had seven of those in Croatia, six in Serbia, and six in Bosnia and Herzegovina. And we've also held five conferences, actually one-day conferences, here on the Sunshine Coast. And we've all, the men started three years after us, they started My Brother's Keeper, and they are, they are still going. There's so, there's so much more that I could tell you but it's yeah it goes it's been a long time yeah, lots of am- things lots of things have happened sounds amazing Greta can you tell me um a little bit more about reconciliation and, and unity why why is that so deeply a passion of yours and what kind of what was the inspiration behind that well the inspiration behind that is really God because when God Andrew was from former Yugoslavia and so he when Yugoslavia fell it really affected him because he suddenly didn't realise who he was anymore. At that point of time, I knew nothing about that part of the world. But then when God called us over there, I, very, I got educated really, really quickly. And I think it's just 
something that God put in my heart because, um, you know, these people over there, they have good reason to hate each other, but they have moved past it. And so I believe part of the, part of the um, anointing that's on Daughters of the King and on what Andrew and I did is reconciliation and unity because that's where God commands a blessing. And because of the reconciliation that happened in 2006, amazing things happened. The, the spiritual atmosphere changed. Every, everything changed. And so you just see what God can do when we lay, put the past behind us and we look to the future. So that's my passion. That's my passion. God put yeah, it there. I can tell. Um, tell us a bit about what's happening now with Daughters of the King, Greta. Well, this year, for the first time since COVID, I went over and actually Michelle, I don't know where Michelle is, but Michelle came from here as well, which is always lovely to have somebody from, from my home church come over with me. But we, we had our, it should have been our 19th, but it was our 16th because of COVID. And we gathered in Bosnia and Herzegovina in Sarajevo, which is the capital. And uh, Bosnia is 99% Muslim. And we had 450 plus women there and they were from 14 different nations all over Europe and the UK and Ireland, France. We had so many women there. And the theme this year was get up and walk. Get up and walk because what COVID did to everybody was isolate. Isolate, isolate. And so it was really hard to, to get up and to get going again. So the highlights for me when I went there this year was was actually the young people because I'm now seeing the, the next generation, which is, which is really what, what it's all about. It's about training up the next generation coming up behind you. And we've always had young teenagers come to our conferences. And they, what really blesses me with them is that they're so hungry for God. They can't get enough of God. And they come with their mums to our conference. And one little girl, she came up to me and she said, this is my 11th conference. And I looked at her and I said, how old are you? And she said, I'm 19. She'd been coming with her mother ever since she was a little girl. And now she works with uh, ch uh, children that have special needs. And she puts her money away every week so she can come to next year's conference. So things like that, that that's really what blesses me. There was another young girl, a nine-year-old, and she came up to me and, and she said, a lady came, came to me and said, I need to bring this little girl up for you to pray for her because on Friday night God called her and so she uh, she came up and I said to her I said so you uh, you believe that God has called you and she said yes I do and I said what's he call what's he calling you to do she said he's calling me to preach and she was dead serious she could be the next whoever who knows Billy Graham in female form love it love it yeah give her a clap that's awesome um yeah, that's such a contrast to our culture and, and our, the Western world, isn't it? This Absolutely. desire for the gospel and desire to learn more, which mm -hmm. is amazing. That is encouraging. Uh, what's the hope? What's coming up next? Like, is there an invitation to us as a congregation? Are there opportunities? Or what's, what, what's, what's coming, coming up, up next? Well, we've got quite a lot planned for next year. Actually, kicking off in February in 2024, we're going to do a one-day conference on the Sunshine Coast. And not just for the sake of doing a one-day conference for women, but I believe it's that same anointing, it's the reconciliation. It's, we're hoping to gather women from churches all over the Sunshine Coast, bring them together and teach them from God's word so that they can go back and they can be more effective in their own communities. But the whole, 
the, major, the main theme is that love, forgiveness, reconciliation, working together, because we're stronger when we work together. And that goes, you know, all the churches should come together and that's what we want to do. So that's in February. Then in April we are having the main conference again over in Eastern Europe and I'm not sure, we haven't decided on the place, but I think it may be in Sarajevo again because that's a really, a really oppressed place to go to. So that's a great place to go and change the atmosphere. So that's in April and then in October... We've been invited by a lady from Switzerland has invited us to take a team to Thailand and we're going to birth a Daughter of the King conference in Thailand in October next year. And we may also, after the main one, be going to Albania for the first time. We're wow. still in negotiations. Busy, what's going on? I love that. And yeah, the fact that they are inviting you to... These new opportunities uh, is a testament to what you're doing. So, Greta, let's give her a round of applause. Amazing. Love what you're doing. We might jump over to, yeah. Uh, can I swap seats with you, um, Greta? And I'm, maybe Yenny and I, we can share a mic. Yeah. You don't mind if I cosy up next to your wife here? <laughs> um, so, yeah, same question. My wife's looking nervous. She's just like looking down. Don't do it, Greg. It's not funny. <laughs> Apologies. Um, same question, I guess. Um, Mervyn Yeni work in Indonesia, but can you give us a little bit of an update on the past of what you've been doing there? Uh, I'll start. Um, I, before COVID, I was living in Indonesia for seven years based in Bali. We were working with the YOM base, running training schools to teach people uh, how to do evangelism, how to effectively make disciples and uh, leading into church planting through second level schools. So my, my heart then was to uh, train Indonesians to go to the places where uh, Christianity had already been established in the Eastern Islands and strengthen that which is uh, somewhat uh, dissipating and uh, make that a, a place where we can mobilise Indonesians in those Christian communities to become missionaries into the Muslim communities and the Hindu communities because Indonesia is the biggest Muslim nation in the world. So that was uh, the backdrop. And um, uh, we have uh, graduates from our training in Bali that are now starting pioneering projects in different parts of Indonesia, in Sumatra, Java... Um, in Sumba, NTT, uh, Kupang, and uh, more recently Ambon. Uh, we plan to go in November uh, to teach in some of the, tr the first training schools being established in Ambon. But we, uh, we want to use this as an opportunity. Instead of us going by ourselves, we want to take people with us. So we're in, this is an invitation for opportunity. Can I ask a question about, yeah, Indonesia is a hugely Muslim population. What's that look like, being Christians and bringing Christianity into that environment? How was it received um, broadly? Yeah, okay, I can answer that because I was born in Indonesia and growing up in Indonesia. Um, uh, I think um, normal, like, um, life will be... Yeah, you can be Christian, but some in uh, 
different, <laughs> like different, maybe different cities or different islands will be different. But where I grew up, yeah, I experienced persecution, um, and I saw church, churches being burned, and people threw, you know, like, excuse me, poop in the church, and this kind of thing. But there's not daily, of course, not daily thing. But yeah, uh, and how to how they. Uh, receive the gospel like in my family itself we are mix of christian and muslim and we get along together quite well as long as you don't talk about like you know like you just don't argue over what you believe <laughs> yeah oh yeah i think a lot of families have things you know those no-go topics that's a big one yeah. though yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about religion um yes. as far as uh, what you're doing what's um, presently, what's happening now? You mentioned that there's some an invite to be involved into the future. What are we planning, scheming? Uh, we, uh, as I mentioned, we on one of our routine visits to a remote part of Indonesia to help young leaders establishing things. We are committed to going there to doing teaching in training programs and church ministry, uh, even pastor seminars. and uh, But this time we felt like we wanted to take people with us so uh, other people can share the joy of seeing God working in the lives of people in a different context uh, so they can learn more about evangelism. And uh, Because even though Indonesia is the biggest Muslim nation in the world, it's actually got more opportunities for evangelism and discipleship than we do in Australia. In Indonesia, we can go into the prisons, which we plan to do. We can go into schools, which we can't often do here. We can go into hospitals. And there are many open doors that just aren't available to us here. And on top of all of that, uh, Indonesia is full of people that have never heard about Jesus. And in November, it's close to Christmas time, and... It's uh, uh, very easy to share the gospel uh, to explain what Christmas is all about. One of our favourite things to do is get in a taxi or talk to somebody in the street and say, uh, you know this Christmas celebration that your nation is uh, celebrating? Do you know the story behind it? And they say, no. Can we tell you? Yes. Leads to many awesome communication opportunities to people in that country. So that sounds, yeah, definitely worth applauding, always. Um, so it's this invite for others to go. We're a bit of a mixed bag here. What are the requirements? Do we have to have a theology degree? Do I have to be security trained? Um, um, well, we've heard already that you can be 71 years old and get a call uh, to... But uh, in the old days, to be a missionary, you needed a degree, you needed good health, you needed to be married and you needed to be committed to at least four years. And so that if you couldn't do that, you weren't allowed to be a missionary. But now, in these recent decades, uh, this mission scope has changed, and now anyone can participate for any length of time using whatever gift and whatever skill they have. And even if you haven't got skill, there's plenty that you can do in sharing your story to other people, that uh, in Indonesia, people love stories. They love hanging out with people from overseas. It's the easiest place in the world to tell your story, to explain the gospel, 
You can uh, support uh, young people that are working in pioneering projects in different places. Just that uh, even a short visit and prayer and support means a lot to people really doing it tough. And um, basically, uh, you can also be a camp mum and dad for many young people. There's a lot of single young people with very little uh, training and preparation uh, committed to it, but having some interested person, especially from overseas, with love and becoming an advocate is a massive uh, boost to the work over there. Yeah, can I add? So, um, like, uh, for example, someone asked, uh, asked, like, what what can we do? I'm a barber or, like, hairdresser or something like that. And and then, oh, yeah, you want, you're ready to do a mission work. And then, so, yeah, uh, we... Um, this person, like, you know, the skill is, he doesn't know how to preach the gospel or doesn't know to, to uh, do a sermon or anything. But then there you go to the prison and, and mental institution and, like, it's just, okay, whoever, okay, you just, we just uh, give free haircut to anybody here. So, so the prisoners, you know, like, uh, not only for the prisoner, this skill is useful. Even sometime in YWAM basis, some people don't get haircut because they don't have money to cut their hair. So this, uh, yeah, your skills and what you have, like, experience and uh, that God has put in you is for sure it can be a blessing in the, in the field. Yeah, so basically... Anyone's welcome across multiple skill levels and age groups. They would love to hear from you if you have a passion to be involved. I know Mel Thompson's over in Indonesia. and you Did you want to give us an update on how she's going? Um, yeah, so he, uh, she also inviting us good livers to come to do mission work in Sumbawa. But it's a little bit different than uh, what we do in Bali. It's like so open, you just say like uh, you want to share the gospel uh, openly, but in Sumbawa, uh, the, the tech, the, they, they, they come with an, uh, tourism. So you go and do in the morning snorkeling or uh, surfing, and then uh, in the afternoon they uh, visit houses and uh, sit with the family and uh, have meal with them and then yeah, talk with the family and they... It's Muslim families, and and then uh, some of them already have uh, Bible study, so you can have a sit with them and having Bible study with, with the family, the local, yeah. And you and uh, Mel giving an option, you can stay with the local family because it's like the uh, homestay, so um, you just live with them, but you can also stay at a hotel. Uh, like if you want a nicer like uh, life or like easier <laughs> so you can stay in the hotel too holiday with the mission well that sounds amazing I know um, I do some work with Stu Cran our local chappy and go in and just do some mentoring and he's so encouraged by me being there but also just like you kind of shared just that you'd give up your time to be there says a lot to I meet with a boy and just the fact that I'd turn up, volunteer my time says a lot. And I think that's the same thing, going over there and just being present and meeting with them and whatever skill you have to share, I think, go, yeah. says a lot, doesn't it? And, uh, and being an Australian or a, a white skin, 
I don't want to be racism, but uh, in Indonesia, they really look up to you and you can tell, like, uh, they will be, they have their ears to listen to your, uh, what you have to say. Well, like a delicacy. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's um, pause and pray. John, can I invite you up? John um, oversees our mission team or is on the mission team. And I'd love to just pause and pray. I invite, let's all just stand together and pray for them and stretch our legs simultaneously. Thanks, Greg. <clears throat> I just want to clarify, Mel Thompson is running an exposure adventure trip in November. You can go swim with whale sharks, you can go surfing, you can, it's quite an adventure, abseiling, mountain climbing. So there's an opportunity for that, for expose yourself to what she does and how she does it. And there's a table out the front which you can have a look. And Mervyn Yenny are running an exposure trip as well where you can follow them on mission. You don't have to be um, up on the stage, but you can help them and get an exposure and understand what it's like to be on mission in a country that's not English and it's not comfortable, out of your comfort zone, which is a good thing to do. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for these guys, who you, the heart that you give them to go and serve you in a country, in a foreign country, and through all the difficulties and the hardship, we, we thank you for them in our heart. We also commit all of the Good Life Global Impact Partners who share the gospel in hard places, in closed countries, and we ask your blessing, provision, guidance, wisdom, and favour on all they do, Lord. Bless their efforts to expand your kingdom so that people who have never heard your gospel before will hear it through these and your good works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you. Give them another round of applause. Um, just that. Yeah, Stevie's on it. Thanks, Steve. They're hanging around in the foyer afterwards. They've got a little table, so please go and encourage them and chat to them. Um, yeah, after this service. I'm just going to take a brief moment to kind of wrap this up. Mike invited me to share today um, about global mission. And I was kind of like, well, that's a big topic. So I started, I looked on ChatGPT and I searched. This is my confession to you. I used ChatGPT. I even tried Baird and compared them. That's the new Google one. Um, I think ChatGPT is better. Um, anyway, and I typed in about, you know, global mission Bible verses, and the list came up, and it got me thinking, and I was just like, there's got to be more to this. So it made me think, we pause today, and we listen to these beautiful people about their mission and their call, but what do I do with that? And that's kind of what I wanted to sit with a little for just a minute now. And they kind of alluded to some of the things I came up with, but I feel like I didn't want it just to be a quick an update of what's happening and just information and we go, well done, see ya, good luck. We'll look forward to hearing from you next year. But what do we do with this information? So I thought, my starting point, I've got this verse in Romans 1. And it says, it's news I'm most proud to proclaim, this extraordinary message of God's powerful plan to rescue everyone who trusts him, starting with Jews and then right on to everyone else. So this idea of the gospel, the gospel is a word we use sometimes and it means good news. And I think that's where it starts. It's actually, do I actually think the gospel is good news? Is this something that I need to share? Am I compelled to share it? Do I want to? Part of my faith journey, I was brought up in a, in a Christian family. So from a very early age, 
I made that conscious decision to be a follower of Christ. And at that stage, yeah, it was great news. I had my golden ticket into heaven. I was, it was great news. I thought, that's it. Relief. And then I guess as I went, started to grow and mature, I entered the teenage years and that gospel, that good news, started to feel maybe a bit restrictive, started to feel a bit like boundaries and things that um, I didn't like so much. And then as I grew older and started to read it more, I think for me it scared me a little bit. It didn't feel like good news. It didn't feel like something I wanted to tell my friends about because there's this judgment side of it. And I got a bit scared of the gospel and I don't know where you are on this journey, but I do think it's worth reflecting. Do I actually think the gospel and Christianity is good news for the world? And would I want to share it? I think more recently, my understanding has, has grown further and um, I now see the gospel as this beautiful invite of hope, hope for everyone And it is good news and it is worth sharing because it's an invitation that isn't exclusive. It's all-encompassing and it's good news because it offers this alternative way of living, this invite to um, a richer and fuller life, a life aligned with God and his purposes for us. In Matthew 3... Chapter 16, I think, sorry, not Matthew, I've written Matthew, it's definitely John 3, 16. Very well-known verse, but actually like the one after it, it's going to be on the screen, verse 16, 17, and even 18. It says, this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed by believing in him. Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it is. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under that death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of God when introduced to him. So I think this is great news. And I've got some points here. Why is it great news? Because it tells us that we're not forgotten. God has not left us to our own devices. He intervened. He sent his son. God loves the world and he's going to save it. That's good news. God's not leaving it to us. He's actually participating in it. That this world is not as it should be. I know if you've experienced that, there's so many things in this world that break my heart, personally and globally, locally. But this is acknowledging this isn't the design. The world is not as it should be. There's a better way of living, and that's the invite. The gospel, that's the invitation. The kingdom of heaven is here, and the invitation is to participate in this new and better way of living with God. So that is good news for everyone. So what do we do with that good news? Colossians 3. So chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place. Quick to forgive an offence. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. The gospel is this invitation to participate in that. 
to actually bring the kingdom of heaven here and now. Not think of it, I've got my ticket to it eventually, but actually bringing God's kingdom on earth here. Tom Wright said, the gospel is not just about individual salvation. It's also about social transformation. The gospel calls us to work for a world that is more just and equitable, where everyone has the opportunity to live a full and meaningful life. In Ephesians 6, it talks about unity and says there's one body and one spirit. Just as you are called to one hope when you are called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over and over all and through all and in all. So this invitation to this better way of living is an invitation to unity as well. It's an invitation to a global community. Like Tom Wright was saying, um, fighting for justice and equity, opportunity to live this full and this meaningful life. So I think for us, we've got this mission locally. And I think we're going to expand on that a bit more next week and some opportunities there to live that out. But I think for us, for unity, we've got to, it's our role, everyone's role. And I think there's a couple of key points that I really wanted to share with unity. Firstly, it's to remember our shared identity in Christ. We're a diverse group, but that's what unifies us. It's a call to forgive. We're all humans and broken, and forgiveness is so, so important. It's a call to serve one another and love one another in action. Globally, we listen to these uh, Greta in Eastern Europe and um, the McDermott's in Indonesia who have got this call to go um, and spread that word there. So how do I participate in that? What's my role globally? Well, I think there's a couple of options. Firstly, you can go and be a missionary. Go. It could be long or short term. And I think if God's put that call on your life or that passion, that commitment like he has for them, go with it. Don't be afraid to step out and do it. If that's not for you, it doesn't mean we just forget about it and leave them to it until next year when we hear back. It's actually, we need to get alongside them. And they both indicated this, how encouraging it is when a friend or someone joins them on mission trip, even in the short term. Be a friend to them. Their personal cheer squad, cheer them on, encourage them, love on them, empower them. Other than that, pray for them. Don't forget to pray for them. We've got on our website, they're all listed there, our um, global missionary partners. We've got flyers in the foyer. A while ago, we gave out flyers to everyone. We paused here, but again, it shouldn't just be this one-off. It's an ongoing, we should be praying for them and cheering them on. Contact them. Send them emails, send them messages, cheer them on. Let them know that we are unified with them. We are um, on their team. And then lastly, we can financially support, support them or the mission they're on. So that's our call. We've got to actively engage in these different spaces. Just as they alluded to. So all of this, this is good news. This gospel... It's good news for the world and the world needs to hear it. Not just us here. Yes, there's a call here to our local mission field through this community centre, but globally. This is a message that's going to transform the world. 
and we're all invited to be a part of it. So can you stand and let's pray. Hey, kids, you want to stand up as well? No, okay. It's a free world. If you'd rather stay seated, stay seated. If you want to stand with me, stand. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are a good, loving God and that your gospel is good news. Good news for us individually, but also collectively for this world. It's a longing that it's better for it to be a world of love where your um, goodness reigns. So Lord, transform us to be um, aligned with that. May your kingdom flow through us in our words and our actions. May others around us encounter your kingdom through us. And Lord, for these amazing missionaries who take that to the next level and go out, Lord, be with them. May they know your presence and your peace and help us be unified with them. Help us to cheer them on and encourage them. God, we're just so thankful for you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Good Life Podcast today. Remember that you can stay up to date by subscribing on whichever platform you're listening on right now. We would love it if you could give us a like and follow on social media or even leave a five-star review. It all helps in getting the good news out there. You can also head to our website, goodlife.org.au or our YouTube for video content and resources. Until next time, peace.